for joining us on this week's episode of Gateway to the Smokies podcast. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history and rich mountain cultures that we explore with weekly episodes. I'm Joseph Franklin the world, but also the deep root mountains. My family's lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is travel, but my heart is in culture. Today, we're going to talk about finding comfort and memorable experiences in the Smokies. First, uh, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsors. Now, the sponsors are uh, obviously, uh, the, some of you watch for a long time, is also part of my business. So, um, And we happen to be sitting at the Metal Ark Motel in Maggie Valley. Uh, and the Metal Ark Motel, I want you to imagine, is a place evocative of motor courts of the past, yet with a modern and vibrant feel that we call Appalachian chic. It's got the services and amenities of an old country inn. It's a place for adventure and relaxation. Imagine a place where you can fish in a mountain heritage trout stream, grill the catch on the fire, and then eat a fine wines or beer or craft. Imagine a place with old-time music and world country sounds, uh, cultural sounds. There is no other place like the Metal Ark Motel you, in Maggie Valley. Your Smoky Mountain Adventure starts with where you, with where you stay. Um, today, we're going to be talking about uh, comfort and, uh, and uh, memorable, memorable experiences, and I have a great guest uh, his name is Boyd Burton, and he, has, he had a 25-year uh, career in management consulting uh, with an international CPA consulting firm, one of the big top five firms. He specialized in, uh, in operational and financial consulting for hospitality, construction, and manufacturing industries. But then he got into a different life, <laughs> <laughs> and he left that world, and he became uh, involved heavily in hospitality, hotels and restaurants and bars uh, in places like Virginia, Costa Rica, and Nicaragua. But then he ended up in Mac Maggie Valley uh, looking to perhaps retire. And I talked to him and now he, he believed in the vision we have here and he, he's become the manager of the Middle Arc Motel here in Maggie Valley. Hello, Boyd. Hello. How are you doing? Good, good. Glad to be here. So you grew up in Richmond, so there's some similarities to the Southern culture of Richmond to the mountain culture of the, uh, the Smoky Mountains. Very much so. I grew up south of Richmond uh, towards Petersburg. And you know, if you look back at the migration patterns, the Scotch-Irish came into Central Virginia and then spread to the mountains of Virginia, the mountains of North Carolina. When I'm here, the names are mostly the same. Mm -hmm. The people look and culturally are a lot like people that I grew up with. Just the accent's a little bit different, and the land is a lot less flat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking, you know, this, this area is because now, but you're right, the, the, uh, the Scotch-Irish uh, settlers, uh, besides the Cherokee and stuff, do have a certain look that is reminiscent of what you see in other parts of the, 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 the mountains here, because the, the Scotch-Irish came in through Charleston and Philadelphia and just filled up the, the Appalachians and, and surrounding areas. So um, you were a management consultant. Tell me, what does that mean? 
Well, in my practice, it was helping companies. Uh, early in my career, I did very big Fortune 500 companies, and mid to later part of my career, I focused on privately held, you know, um, a medium hotel chain, 100 million a year manufacturer. Uh, my job was to go in and help them run more efficient operations and understand their finances better and provide them skill sets that as a medium-sized company, they, they couldn't necessarily afford on their own mm-hmm. and help them in a, you know, the last 30 years, the technology changes, the transition that mid-sized successful businesses have been, you know, were pressured hard from the big boys, mm-hmm. whether it's Walmart or whatever. And we, uh, we tried to even the playing field a little bit for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I remember that period. I was in IBM in that time, and you know, well, they had they were they were still being very much a technology company, not as much management consulting. But you know, uh, you were mentioning stuff about EDI <laughs> in that era, and I was big involved in EDI and XML and those transitions. So it was a exciting and and, and troublous times. <laughs> it seems like four lifetimes ago, right? So how did you? Um, you know, 25 years and, and you're a senior partner. How did you just decide to go off into hospitality? Well, it really wasn't a decision to go off on hospitality. Yeah. It was more of a decision that I didn't, I didn't think I could do 20 more years as a partner working 80 hours a week. Yeah. I'd kind of lost my, lost my desire to do it good at it. And, uh, it was financially successful, but I'd done, I'd accomplished what I wanted to do. I tend to be kind of goal driven. And at the time, I didn't have a, you know, no children and was divorced at the time. And to be quite honest, I just needed to do something else for a bit. Mm-hmm. And the something else was one of my true loves, which is blues music. Bought a neighborhood bar and converted it into a blues venue with local, regional, national acts. And in Virginia, you can't have just a bar. You have to have a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So we had a little boutique restaurant, music venue, and I did that. And instead of taking it easy, I worked 80 hours a week doing that for, <laughs> for three years and making no money. What was uh, but I saw some of the great blues acts all up and down the East Coast. Really? And it was a labor of love. Yeah. It truly was a labor of love. And uh, what was the transition from that? Where did you go after that? What was the reason for the transition? Yeah. I, I, I was tired. Yeah. I got tired of the bar business, the bar part of the bar business. And music yeah. venues, small yeah. music venues are, are really tough. Yeah. And at that point, I went back and did some consulting for you know, individual consulting for some of my clients. Out of the blue, some guys I'd done some work for asked me to go to Costa Rica and evaluate some companies they wanted to buy, do due diligence on it. And I knew nothing about Costa Rica other than I heard it was a nice place to go visit. And I spoke zero Spanish. So I took the job. Uh, again, I tend to, you know, in those days in particular, I wasn't tied down. It was something interesting. I went down for 90 days. I actually recommended that they not buy the companies, which ended up being pretty good advice. While I was down there in a poker game, I met a Colombian architect and a Spanish engineer that were building hotels and uh, condos in Panama, Nicaragua, Colombia, Costa Rica. And they knew how to build and they knew how to run uh, businesses in those countries they needed an operations finance guy that understood construction and hospitality mm-hmm. i happened to be one of those <laughs> and they literally offered me the job a few days later and i just decided to stay so i now was living in costa rica trying to learn spanish on the fly which i'm functional with very ugly spanish you know, <laughs> I, I can deal with taxi drivers and restaurants yeah. and i speak in phrases but uh mostly can deal with construction guys 
enjoyed it. It was a great to, yeah, I, I had worked a lot internationally, but this was the first time I actually moved out of the country. Mm-hmm. And it, it was interesting. Costa Rica has a lot of English speakers and a lot of expats. It's a beautiful, a lot of people love to go there right now. Yeah, the, yeah. We, the weather 60 to 80 in, yeah. in the valley. And, you know, there's some things I didn't like as much too, but lovely place. And uh, I enjoyed the work until the uh, real estate crash wiped us just about out. Wow. Now, didn't you own a hotel uh, restaurant? Well, I, I did, but that was a result of the crash. Oh. So I built up some equity in this business. The whole business was basically Canadians and Americans coming down and buying second condos. Uh-huh. And 2008, 2009, that, 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 here, yeah, yeah. it hit per- further down, harder down there. Yeah. Uh, in order to get my equity out, I took a boutique hotel that had a defunct restaurant, a defunct casino license. Uh, I took that because I couldn't cash out. Mm-hmm. So I had run a restaurant before and I'd run a bar before. I knew about the hotel business, but I hadn't hands-on run one. Mm-hmm. So we renovated the place, put a little casino in it and turned it into a very focused uh, expat bar. Yeah. It was kind of our... Uh, you looked at the experiences that people were looking for and made it, made it yeah, for specifically... Exactly. For- so, something as simple as we, we had a real Philly cheesesteak. No, because yeah. you couldn't get one. You couldn't get one in Costa Rica. I would have guys drive three hours from the beach on Sunday to have a Reuben. I had a guy corn and beef for me, and it was a neighborhood bar where everybody was welcome, locals and expats from all over the world. And we had music and food, and it was a comfortable place to be if you were in Costa Rica. And what was his name? Uh, um, Hotel Little Havana, and it was thirty-five rooms, right? Yeah, you know, actually, it was either it was either thirty four or thirty five. Which is how many we have here. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah. So, you know, how did how did that one? How did you get out of that one? I ended up uh, I ended up getting married and had a daughter. And uh, my wife at the time was from Nicaragua, and I had an opportunity to sell my share. I didn't own all of it. I was mm-hmm. the one of the main owners, and also I was the general manager and president. Mm-hmm. Uh, cashed out and we moved to Nicaragua for a couple of years and again, bought a small hotel up there uh, with less success, actually. Yeah. Tougher market. We yeah. did okay with it. And uh, yeah, it Nicaragua's doesn't have a good reputation as Costa Rica for a pleasant. Uh, it was building to that. The surfers yeah. were there, great surf. Yeah. And uh, Nicaragua is actually statistically as safe and not safer than Costa Rica. Yeah, but up here, I mean, everybody talks about Costa Rica. Not but the Rica. early versions of the tourists were getting there. The surfers were coming. So they were build, to building up. towards it. Yeah. And that was kind of the hope. And uh, it got hard enough to make enough to support the, you know, the future for my daughter and all that I. Uh, came back home decided to come back to virginia richmond virginia right yeah wow so and you got in the historical preservation business yeah so i had always been involved in that i'm from five generations of Mm -hmm. carpenters those same scotch irish burtons from north from you know yorkshire and southern scotland uh my grandfather always said they all learned to be carpenters because they uh, hated pulling tobacco. Mm-hmm. That was a much better thing. <laughs> you know, that that, yeah, I pulled tobacco. <laughs> that, that, that was their options. And, my, my, and they all would shake their head like, yeah. yeah that. So I, I grew up in a small home building business and my carpenter encouraged me to go away to school, get a good education. But I worked uh, weekends and summers my whole childhood and into it. And then personally, when I lived in Richmond all those years, and of course, Richmond and Petersburg, where I'm from, have some of the you know, most historic houses in the country. Mm-hmm. I always personally lived in historic houses and 
restored them and about when I would get them just about right, I'd sell them and then you know, torture myself with another one for another four or five years. But I decided when I came back, I wanted to uh, kind of reopen Burton Custom Builders and actually we renamed it Burton Built mm -hmm. and focus exclusively on historic houses, pretty much 1880 and earlier. Mm -hmm. We worked on some stuff from the late 1600s, early 1700s. The Thomas Wallace house where Lincoln and uh, Grant shook hands at the end of the Civil War. We rebuilt the porch where they shook hands on oh, and cool. won some architectural awards for that. Mm -hmm. um, and once again, it was kind of a labor of love. I, really, the, the, the theme through all this big firm management consulting, which I loved at the time, I've kind mm -hmm. of done whatever interested me at the time. Mm -hmm. Not so focused about making money, but doing things that I that enjoy. Really enjoy. Yeah. Cool. And try to make a little bit of money at it. Well, good. Well, when we come back, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about how, you're in, how you've ended up at the middle arc and found that joy again. <laughs> Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest Boyd Burton who happens to be the manager of the Middle Arc Motel. Uh, so Boyd you're in Richmond you're got a historical preservation business and, and, and your skills as a master carpenter but you again you've you decided to retire. <laughs> I uh, sold my company to my partner and my share of it. And uh, my intent, I've been coming to the Smokies to ride my, I'm an avid motorcyclist. Uh, 
BMW guy. I've been coming up here to ride motorcycles forever, mm -hmm. 20 years, all through North Carolina and Virginia. And I've ridden the entire parkway. And I decided I wanted to be somewhere in this vicinity, west of Asheville, mm -hmm. and uh, was looking around and uh, found a beautiful place here in Maggie Valley and kind of fell in love with the place. And my goal was to knock around for a couple of years and ride motorcycles, play a little poker and just take it easy. And that lasted about a week. Actually, it lasted about 45 days. <laughs> I had a really, a really nice 45 day vacation yeah. of riding motorcycles and playing poker and eating good food. And then you got bored. <laughs> and I got a little bored and ran into you. Yeah. yeah. That was the real key to it. And uh, I had no idea. I had seen the, uh, the, the metal arc sign is a very interesting retro 50 sign, which is part of my design style. Uh -huh. And the place looks more like a lodge than a motel. I'd been riding by here and uh, I had the opportunity to meet you and you were so uh, very clear about what you wanted to do with the place mm -hmm. that, you know, more than a room and a key and that, you know, you wanted it to be, as we later started to say, you know, still look and feel like a retro fifties motel, but run it like a nice country inn. Mm -hmm. and um, your ideas about hospitality and the front end match the way I felt about it as someone who had spent most of my adult life staying in hotels and motels and, and inns. And uh, also just the future the, the place itself is beautiful. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the actual grounds here and the buildings have a lot to, a lot to offer as far as the, you know, our, our renovation and potential for uh, which we're in the process of, I just kind of fell in love with the place, which mm -hmm. is kind of for the last 20 years, that's what's happened. Yeah. I fall in love with the place and uh, kind of have to be that way for me to want to work now. Yeah, I couldn't go back and do management consulting for any amount of money. Oh, yeah. It's like I can't go and do uh, I can't do coding or things for people. Yeah. yeah, it's like at a certain point you're you're beyond the on call performance of things. You know, and you know it's like you got to pursue the things you love. Well, right? we have to make people happy here. Yeah. I like making people happy. That's yeah. a fundamental. You know, the hospitality gene is there with me, and that I genuinely like seeing people happy. Well, you know what I what I appreciate is that you make sure when you know there's going to be a, a number of people here, you make sure every time, every time, no matter what's happened, you're here in the morning to hear them as they come in to have breakfast and to say hello and talk to them and feel the pulse of what they, they've, they enjoyed themselves. And you really want to help them feel like that they enjoy themselves and, to, you know, and to figure out what, if something's wrong to fix it. And I think that whole sense of of um, of your care for the people is, is permeating the whole staff right well we're lucky with the staff we have uh yeah. kate and amanda and sharon and linda and alfred are phenomenal yeah. we had a whole staff turnover when i got here if you remember when i got here you were cleaning rooms well, that, that's and the... i asked who the staff was and <laughs> you was said me. you're looking at them well for those um, who don't know i put i uh <laughs> you know, i i uh i have two i have twins i have three-year-old twins and, uh, you know, at the time, you know, I would come down and I wanted to bring them down because the grandparents were here, but, you know, it was, you know, they can't get vaccinated. They're only three years old. And so I wanted to bring them to a safe environment, but then I found out that nobody here was vaccinated, which I've been led to believe they were. So I, I put in a vaccine mandate, right? You know, good old fashioned vaccine uh, but uh, I thought it both the concern out of concern for my children. And, you know, this is hospitality, right? Our ethics demand us to provide a safe place for our, our clientele. 
And whether you agree with it or not, 70% of the people think that vaccinated establishment is the most safe. So being a businessman, I'm going to, of course, cater to my biggest clientele, right? So, and the ethics of it, which I also happen to believe was, is that I need to put in a vaccine mandate. Well, as you know, that went nationwide. <laughs> a little motel in Maggie Valley got nationwide press. I got uh, all sorts of interesting responses to it. But then you showed up because I was doing it all on my own. I was renting rooms, driving around the cart, taking telephone calls and things like that. And here you show up. It was like almost like uh, it was really surreal. I couldn't be somebody with your experience. And yeah, I was interested in and in, in working here. And it was like uh it was a big turnaround for us. Yeah. Well, and just to, for me, it was wonderful. I fall in love with the place. And uh w- the good news is we were able to go out and find a staff that, you know, mm-hmm. had similar feelings about things, how we wanted to do things, and we could teach them our kind of focus on hospitality and what we wanted mm-hmm. the hotel to be. There wasn't any baggage left over from prior regimes. So that part it was a little tough the first month on, on you in particular, cleaning rooms, but we got through it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the front end hospitality, I think, is just a hands-on thing. Right. You know, you can have a really nice place, but people want, when they come to a place like this, they want to kind of get to know the people. The fact that you grew up here in the building is important to them. Uh, the fact that I'm willing to sit out front and talk to them and, you know, it's, it's very much by design and you're exactly right at breakfast is when, and also uh, while they're still here, if something mm-hmm. isn't exactly right, or there's more we can do for them, I can fix that mm-hmm. three days from now when they're gone, yeah. it's either a good review or a bad review or a meeting review, but there's not anything I can do about it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a sunk cost at that point or sunk opportunity. And you really get the pulse of it, the Saturday morning breakfast. And we also use that as a way of setting uh we do a, a free barbecue for everybody every saturday night and live music and it's a way of getting the customers here a connected to us and it be it's fun mm-hmm. food's good and the music's good but a way of getting them connected to us in the place and to each other people from all over meet each other mm-hmm. and some people want to be left alone and want to sit by the fire pit and eat their barbecue and just chill out but other people are, you know, want to meet other motorcyclists or other leaf watchers or other uh, families, trail hikers or other families. families yeah. And we have a lot of that and people mm-hmm. starting to schedule to come back together, which mm-hmm. is really, really makes me feel good when that happens. And even in our you know, six months together, we already are having quite a bit of repeat business, yeah. uh, including today. We had a couple that were, a family that was here for the big snow and he wanted to bring his wife back for a couple days, just husband and wife getaway. Yeah. And they're with us today. The hospitality, I think, is, a, you know, I think it's a lost art in some ways. And, and connecting, listen, you know, one of the things that's been a challenge for me is I grew up in a family-owned hospitality in, in the classic roadside motel traditions, right? It was family-owned. They're here. You know, even that, you know, even then, even, it, was, it was all just, you know, a cot, you know, a place to put your head and it was on the road. But because it was family mm-hmm. and you got to con- con- have a conversation with the family and things, there was a conveniality, there was a relaxed environment, you know, that you were like connected very close to the, the, what, the local culture. And, uh, I, you know, I wanted to really recreate that because a lot of the places now are not owned by people that are in the area. 
uh, or their investment properties, and they put in you know staff that are professional and adequate, but not necessarily that sort of family feel. And I think right. you've successfully been able to understand what I've been trying to do and create that family feel here. Well, and you're a big part of that. And the other thing that people realize, people realize genuine versus non-genuine. Mm-hmm. They realize that, A, we care about the place. B, it's you know part of your family and your heritage, that it's really important to you. Mm-hmm. And C, that we enjoy being here. We like the place. We like the music. We like the barbecue. We like seeing them. And they realize that. You can't fake that. Yeah, people realize that. Well, you guys like being here too. This must be a fun yeah. place. It, yeah. it, it, you can you can see it, and everybody always, you know, a friendly owner that's on premises quite a bit and is enjoying themselves mm-hmm. is a huge asset. Right. People always want to, you know, they that makes them feel better about spending money here. Yeah. When you're one of the first things you learned is that when we got here, we had Mike Ogletree, who was the drummer for Simple Minds back mm-hmm. in the day. He's the artist in residence, and he does a great job putting on Fantastic. an interesting yeah. job, uh, show for people. And so a lot of the music here is performed by him or curated by him, right? Um, and, but we had a pavilion that where a lot of these performances in the, in the warm winter months is where they're performed, right? That had basically no management. So Mike was on his own doing a performance. You know, what was the challenges of getting the pavilion into a structure that makes people really happy and keeps them sticking around and interacting with each other and enjoying the experience? Well, well, I think quite honestly, you had all the components. The pavilion's great. It's got a stage. It's got a bar. It's got a kitchen. It's got a bathroom. It's got a fireplace. It's got a fireplace. It sets, you know, a short distance from the creek. It's got fire pits all around it. It's a beautiful it's facility. A, and a wooded, and a wooded and, environment. And, yeah. and Mike's an incredible and the you know, combination of Irish and Scottish music that people like to hear and fits culturally here, uh, it really just needed it needed a bartender and a host, mm-hmm. and and really that's convincing people to come out there. It's a short walk across the yard, yeah. but the uh, front desk team and myself, if you've been here a couple of days leading into a Saturday and you haven't had at least three of us invite you to the ba- to the barbecue, <laughs> then we feel like we've uh, you know when they'd say, oh yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Everybody in this building has told me that makes me very, very, very happy yeah. when they get out there. Once again, just be friendly, yeah. offer them a beer, talk to them a little bit, introduce them to the yeah. guy that's two doors down from the hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's really a nice environment. So well, I didn't think that was the hard part. Well, for it me, it was interesting it. because, you know, I, I, you know, I've been in marketing and, and even though I grew up in this business, it was a different kind of time then. So, you know, people come into a motel or, you know, hospitality experience. It's to be interact with people, unless it's like a, you know, an Airbnb right. or something. And so trying to create, recreate that experience that I grew up with, but in a different world was a challenge for me. And you see what the things that you were doing was an inspiration. And, you know, I created the, the yeah you know, I mean I stole the idea a little bit but I started cooking cookies in the afternoon to exactly take and reminding them about the barbecue and that was it really was fulfilling and successful right yeah it's just small things like that and the other thing and we talked about this the other day mm-hmm. is that well okay it's a free barbecue we provide it now do you look at that as well that's a cost mm-hmm. we provide it as as something that attracts people here mm-hmm. but you know are we interested in everybody in the place eating the barbecue well yeah we actually even though we're not charging them for the barbecue we're selling them on the idea of how much fun it's going to be and it is a blast. and it is it's always yeah. a blast well we're gonna come back we're gonna talk more about the things that we're doing and the ventures that we have in the smoking area 
Howdy. Hey, Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest Boyd Burton who is the manager of the Middle Art Motel amongst many other great and fabulous skills. Um, you know we were talking about you know the challenges um, that we faced you know getting uh, restarted and, uh, and really focusing on the experiences that we could give customers. One of the things that we uh, brought in is a uh, the, the Meadowlark Smoky Mountain Heritage Center, mm-hmm. which is doing a lot of interesting special events. How difficult is is it to been to integrate those into our our you know our our uh, offerings to clients? And well, I, th- I think it's you know it's a, it's a very good fit, and nobody else here in this area seems to be particularly focused on it. Mm-hmm. People are interested in mountain here. And offering some insight into that and understanding, and you know, not a weekend goes by we don't get some five people say, "Yeah, my family's Scotch Irish from somewhere in the, the Mid Atlantic, mm-hmm. and they're interested in the Scotch Irish mountain culture." And uh, and you know, people frankly love you know love the you know the music. The, the and, music's and, a big part of it. The we, uh, uh, the hospitality because you know you know being friendly to people was always a big part of it. You know, growing up here in here in the main building, we play Appalachian music all day long. Yeah, just to help kind of set that tone of this is where you're at and, and you're, what it's get, about. you're getting an authentic experience. This this place has been authentic mountains from the, basically the end of the 40s. I mean, the first little building was built in the 40s, you know, and it was been part of roadside American culture and mountain culture its whole existence. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really I'm really pleased by how successful now 
in, in a modern setting, all the modern, you know, efficiencies and, you know, computer systems and things like that, but we're still able to, to we have translated that whole, you know, experience and you've understood that experience to be, a, you know, a, you're getting a true mountain authentic culture experience yeah. when you come here. And with the road motel part of it, uh, people get excited about having a real key. That's surprising. Yeah. We get four or five comments a week of, man, a real key. This is cool. Uh, those are, you know, those, <laughs> those little blue, we have little blue tags, sort of diamond shaped blue tags. Those are original tags from the uh, 70s and right. 60s. And people really like the idea. Yeah. And, you know, we found, we found shot glasses that were souvenir shot glasses from, from 74, 70s, yeah. From 74 that were uh, uh, selling at, uh, that we have a big stock of that was surprising. We're selling those and, you know, so it's been good, but uh, the Heritage Center has been interesting because we've been very old mountain culture too, and you know, and foragers, foragers, and, and Cherokee artists. culture, and, and even some West African uh, influences on the mountain cultures. Um, and so I've been, I think that's been a huge success in terms of uh, you know creating awareness, and you know we call it memorable experiences, mm-hmm. right? And it's understanding and connecting to you know, a local, you know, traditions. Uh, and I think that we've been very good at that. And I think it's, you know, you've been in the forefront of really even very quickly pushing that along with Bob Plot, who's, you know, I mean, that's his life. He's written six books. Right. He's, a, he's won the top of civilian award in the state of North Carolina. So, you know, he is, you know, the creative god of that heritage thing. But there has to be a organizational thing to make it happen. Yeah. I just think it's such a natural fit with what we do here. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it was actually, if you look at my original business plan, I mean, I hadn't thought it out well, <laughs> but it says we need to bring heritage. You know, the original people, reason people came to the mountains was because of mountain culture, right? You know, then amusement parks and ghost town and Dollywood and all these things came in and it's great and they're fun and they're wonderful, but they're, they're, they're consumer culture, Right. right. Their consumer culture, whereas mountain culture is authentic. And my goal, which you have totally embraced, is, is this authenticity of mountain culture. And a place to relax. Yes, and a place to relax. I think that's a really important yeah. you kind really of it's like you're word. you're it's not like you're in old time or new time in the future, the past, you're in no time when you're here. And no time exists here. It's like everything exists at once and you can enjoy it all. And you know, yeah. we're super friendly with the guests and mm-hmm. but we also have a five acre green space along the creek mm-hmm. if a guest wants to sit and do nothing next to a fire mm-hmm. nobody's going to bother them while they're doing nothing and uh, just this past weekend i had a uh, a guest say that they forgot to check their phone for two days <laughs> and that I, and i got really excited about it and it kind of startled them they're like Oh, that makes me so happy. They're like, why? I mean, because you relaxed. You know, this they, morning they, they said, "Yeah, I was, I was, I was sitting outside, drinking, drinking beer, and enjoying the snow, and yeah. just forgot to check." This morning, I got up. Yeah, I'm down here in North Carolina. I got up. I, I went out to the uh, to the, the the Rise and Shine Chamber of Commerce, which is actually a pretty good, uh, yeah, little a group of people, business people around here, uh, but they meet very informally and. Uh, yeah, I went to that and I uh, did a couple of things and I was going to the coffee shop and going to meet a local other business person. And I realized I hadn't had my phone for all day, all morning. I hadn't had my phone. I hadn't checked my phone. I hadn't been interested in my phone. It was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I live in New York City. I'm on my phone constantly. 
here, it changes your it changes your structure of your day, right? Exactly. The, the structure of your existence gets changed, and it's very refreshing. And you know, yeah. people people come here to Maggie Valley for a number of reasons. We have motorcyclists. We have people that want to come see the leaves in October. Uh, we have people that come for weddings. We have people come just to get away from the heat and humidity in mm. places like where I'm from in Richmond. Mm. Come up here where it's much cooler. People come to ski and to snow. They come for the mountain culture. I, I think our job is twofold. One, provide them a nice, comfortable place to stay. That's the fundamental basic of it. Clean, comfortable place to stay. Treat them nicely. But the next step and what we've done here and are still continuing to, to improve upon is a place for them to enjoy and relax while they're here doing the other things they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and, so and when they leave and say the best part of my whole stay was where the I bar- was the barbecue and the music and you know I'm doing that and we just hung around and had fun. Yeah. I uh, yeah, so yeah. excited <laughs> about that. Well, uh, what do you feel? We've, we've done something new. We've created a, a real speakeasy. Yeah. We had a basement area that hasn't been used. You and I collaborated. We've created a real speakeasy um, in, 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 the, in the Middle Earth Motel. What, uh, what do you think about that? What's the vision for that? Oh, I'm super excited about it. One, it's a beautiful little space. We have a hand-built bar, Joseph's artwork. Uh, is in there very good artwork and, and a it, little story is is that i used i studied a lot at the at classically from the nudes so i had a lot of paintings big paintings of nudes i said well you know these would be good for a speakeasy and my wife was like you know see who's the co-designer of the experience here and you see everything that's visual here my wife has been heavily involved in making sure that it's totally aesthetic uh, but she was like, well, okay, but if you're going to put nudes on the wall, <laughs> you can't just put female nudes. I don't want a man cave. So we've also got male nudes on the wall. <laughs> and, and the guests, you know, we've been opening it up on Fridays and Saturdays. And uh, basically, we, we've, we're all music aficionados here. You know, you got and, Mike here who's a, yeah, a rock and roll star. And, and, and then you've had a blues bar with some of the top people in the world. And yeah. we, we curate just an incredible list of world music and but it's just you know a, a, a typical night down there at this point is people are out snow skiing they come back they've had dinner they want to come down and have a couple yeah. of beers we start playing some music and you know two saturdays ago turned into a dance party we listen to the 70s funk and soul <laughs> again the place was designed to be a place that we enjoyed and wanted to hang out and we find that the guests do too yeah, I would say that the essence of us in a lot of ways is the, is the music starts it, right? The music mm-hmm. can come to the place. And we had, uh, Bob was really great at recruiting some great morning musicians. Oh, awesome. Awesome, awesome range. range member, you know, Lang and, and Darren Nicholson and a few others here. And, you know, we've had, we've had world-class music here. I mean, that, that has been one of the greatest the, the sources of pride I have is the world-class music. We now have, if I don't say so myself, world-class art. <laughs> well, I got, I got things in museums, so it counts, right? Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. People yeah. really like the art. It's yeah. just meant to be a funky and yeah. something different in Maggie Valley. The, uh, the local watering holes in Maggie Valley are what I would kind of determine as sports bars. And one of them I like to go to and watch football and have a drink. Yeah. But it's a sports bar with a lot of TVs, kind of loud basic menu and or really you know, good restaurant bars but no yeah not, not really any bar bars and, the and, and we wanted this to be a funky little bar bar yeah for so. people to hang out after a long day and you know they don't have to drive anywhere and i wanted 
everything mountain heritage and every part of my that for my childhood my growth and everything else but i wanted to bring a little bit of my new york experience here too yeah so it's got that so we yeah, got like a little sliding thing for people to, to speak yeah, it's, to it's, ask for permission to come in so. funky and eclectic <laughs> but fun so we're also creating a restaurant because to get liquor by the drink in north carolina the hotel's got to have a restaurant so we've actually come up with a concept for a restaurant and you have great experience with that what would you say is the vision that uh, we've been talking about well, I, I think, you know, we're still flushing it out. I think, A, we need more restaurants in Maggie Valley, and we need more restaurants that serve past 9 o'clock at night. So there's definitely demand there, and certain people want to eat where they're staying. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we believe the demand's there, and we have the facility to do it. We have a kitchen we're converting, and we already have a nice dining room uh, right over behind us. But I think the, the food, we want it to be accessible. We want to have dishes that culture but also to them yes right? Right. something that both joseph and i are i characterize ourselves as good amateur cooks not chefs yeah but we're both foodies you can probably tell by looking at <laughs> us that we haven't missed a whole lot of meals and we've eaten all over the world and we want some interesting but not not foo-foo not complicated mm. interesting good food that's different once again a different offering but still that you're comfortable and accessible with yeah, so I mean, that's we're, the framework we're, and we're, we're building we're, the menu out. I mean, I think that, yeah, we are, we know some really good line cooks, but we, what we're going to do is we're, you know, it's hard to get a chef to come to the, you know, small motel in the mountains. All right. But like he said, we know a lot of important, and we're going to curate great, great recipes and then have really good natural cook people cook it. Right. Good, yeah. good ingredients. And, uh, yeah, that's the fun part is curating the menu. And yeah. once once again, just like we're doing with the we're gonna create a menu that we think fits the place and customers like, but also that we like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're we're not in addition to restaurants, we're actually also arranging for metal arc design tours, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and I know you haven't been as much involved this yet. But I think you feel that it's pretty important to have these kind of adventures to offer people. And a lot of them are going to be very comfortable tours. Like you're going to be able to see the mountains, but they're going to be, you know, you're going to have a van that's going to drive. Exactly. You. But you have the opportunity to get out and enjoy it. Yeah, we, you know, because of where we're at, we have people come in and they want to do things in the area. Mm -hmm. And we, we have other places that we recommend to tour companies. We have tour companies we're partnering with. But, you know, I, one of the reasons I moved here, because this is one of the, I think maybe the absolute best spot to ride a motorcycle and certainly on the East coast and maybe the whole United States. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, I want to just for that for our guests yeah. and walking tours and fishing tours and, and make sure that we can actually really help them maximize their enjoyment while they're here and not just hope that they find something that suits them somewhere else. Well, it's, I mean, we have, uh, we're going to, come back and we have to take a break now we're gonna come back in a few minutes and talk about some of the the, the, the motorcycle rides that you've been on because he's been on all the motorcycle rides in the oh, world cool. and then we can talk about some that you've done in this area and other road culture type things that you might want to talk about join us every tuesday at 4 p.m eastern for the mind behind leadership where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others we have practical discussions with the ceos of some of the world's largest companies owners of small businesses and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track what to do what to avoid and what really happens 
Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. And my guest, Boyd Burton, the manager of the Middle Art Motel. So, Boyd, you know, we, you know, a lot of adventures start from this area Maggie Valley, you know, Middle Art Motel, Smoky Mountains, you know, outdoor adventures. You know, one of the biggest things is road culture, right? You know, a, a lot of people come here to go motor. In fact, we have. A motorcycle museum on the museum across the creek from us in our backyard that people can go to so it's it's an important part of you know what's uh, you know what happens in the mountains is you know being able to travel and see so you've been all over the world with uh, motorcycle riding right one of some of the best rides in the at least the country i have and, and you uh, you say that this is the best right it, for my money the you know northern uh, the northern rockies glacier national park that area is maybe more spectacular but in terms of mountain roads that are rideable and enjoyable on a motorcycle, I think, you know, really this whole, this section of Western North Carolina and then the similar sections of Southwestern Virginia, mm-hmm. I think are just, I think they're the best. Mm-hmm. And I've got, you know, pretty good, I've, I've been everywhere in the lower 48 riding. Right. And, uh, and there's beautiful rides all over, but you've got good riding weather eight months out of the year. It's not too hot in the summer where you just the traffic's not bad and there's tight and twisty mountain roads with spectacular views every direction uh guys come in and go you know give me your, your favorite ride and i jokingly say pick a direction and go uphill <laughs> and, and every direction is uphill by yeah. the way we're in a valley yeah uh, but, and then a lot of famous rides the tale of the dragon and the rattler and Chirahawa skyway all are within a you know Less than an hour. Yeah, less yeah. than an hour. If you draw, if you draw a circle, this is a great place to be base camp for motorcyclists. Oh, yeah. well, As a motorcyclist, I, I like to drink and have a beer, but I don't like to do that and ride. Yeah. So being able to come back somewhere like the Metal Arc and be after, able to hang out after be able to hang out, not and go to, anywhere else. Go yeah. anywhere is is really important. Yeah. We have a lot of car shows here, and uh, it's just a beautiful place to come for a ride. Yeah, I mean. 
road culture was a big part of Americana, you know, you know, when we were identifying what our modern culture is. And, you know, the, so, you know, mountain heritage and American road culture heritage mm -hmm. are important, you know, aspects of it. And, you know, frankly, road culture is, is perfect for the COVID era, right? Because you can ride up right up to your door. You don't have to interact with anybody if you're worried, right? So I walk right in the door because it is a motel. And, uh, uh, yeah, we get some people who have been coming up here for road vacations for 40 years. Yeah that knew your grandmother and your mother still ask, still ask of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> by name. And it, that, that makes me feel good. Yeah. You're connected to something real that's been here for a few generations. We have about a 1974 Metal Arc sign backlit down the speakeasy that I think is a nice reminder of that, the history of the place. Uh, so what, uh, what are some upcoming things that you're looking forward to here? Well, really, the spring for us is about... Um, getting the restaurant open and uh, getting the full ABC license. We have lots of events coming up, motorcycle groups and car groups and uh, wedding parties. So really getting ready for spring. And the next step for us is a full restaurant and full bar environment to go along mm -hmm. with the pavilion and what we've done this year. Yeah. It's additive to it and gives us more opportunity to host and be hospitable and enjoy you know, the company yeah. of our our clients. It's a lot of work. We've got a, a, a lot to do in the next 90 days to be ready for spring, but uh, we're, we're yeah, on track. I'm pretty proud that, you know, when you think about it, when, uh, when we open, when this, the summer comes, we're going to have, you know, the, you know, you not only get your, your, your experience to come stay in a nice place and sleep, you know, and go to take your adventures all over. When you come back, you got, uh, you know, a, a, a restaurant that's going to be mountain heritage inspired. You're going to have a speakeasy. You have a pavilion that's got live music and barbecue. You have a really nice pool environment where you can And this huge recreation pit. So the mountain heritage trout stream you can fish in. The children can learn a lot. They can also tube in the, you know, in the water. So uh, it's pretty exciting um, about what we were creating here. Um, so what um where do people find out more about you right <laughs> <laughs> well and part of that getting away from it all thing when i came to the mountains i actually decided to uh, i had a pretty big social media presence related to historic to music and historic preservation and part of my semi-retirement was to get away from that oh, stuff. So you know, yeah. but i'm now connect you know connecting back in through things like this podcast and our website and yeah, the Smokies Adventure. Uh, so they website. can go to our website and use the contact form. Sure, you know, we'd love to. We look for ideas for music, and then also our our our, our front uh, you can come in through booking agencies or book directly through our site. You also can pick up the phone and call, and you'll get myself Amanda Kate. We will do our very best to help you on the phone and talk through any questions you have and book the remote style, and also book things like tours and other exactly. things to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's like family, you know, it's like mm -hmm. a family run place done in a, you know, a corporate efficiency, but without the, the, the veneer of that corporate dryness, it's all about, you know, being a family. Right. Yeah. And we're, we're here enjoying the place. Yeah. So we hope people will come enjoy it with us. Yeah, I think so. So the, the site is metalarkmotel.com. Yes. Right? We have a, a couple Facebook pages. We have the the Facebook page for the Metal Arc Motel, but we also have a Facebook page for 
the Metal Arts Smoky Mountain Heritage Center. So you can just search for both of those, right? Um, you can use the contact form on our website to get to both me and uh, and questions or make suggestions or recommend music. You know, always open to ideas that fit within the, in this. Now, um, boy, thank you for being on the show. Oh, it was my so, pleasure. This yeah. was nice. I enjoyed the talk. Right. And he, he did it out of the, the, the goodness of his heart. It's not like, you know, it's related to Metal Art <laughs> Motel or anything. No, this is a labor of love for me. <laughs> and I, uh, I've fallen in love with the place. So. Yeah. And uh, so um, we're part of the talkradio.nyc network. And um, this podcast it appears every Tuesday from uh, 6 to 7 on that network. Uh, I recommend you investigate the other live podcasts on this network. There's some great ones from self-help to, you know, to business, to other travel destinations. You know, there's a great one on New York, the, you know, to explore. And, you know, I live in New York as well as live, I live in two places at once somehow, but uh, I'm here, you know, constantly you know, because I'm really dedicated and passionate about this, but I have a family. Through your point, so I'm uh, I'm involved with that as well. Um, you can we this we uh we have um uh, the podcast also in, on smokiesadventure.com. You can click on a link at the top; it'll take you to all the previous podcasts, um, as well as links to interesting information related to the podcast. Um, we uh, we have a Facebook page that's uh, Gateway to the Smokies Podcast. Uh, on Facebook, which I, uh, I recommend highly that you take a look at, um, where there's the live feeds are going on all the time, and we also have good conversations. Um, Smokey's Adventure is a great website for you to go visit. It's uh, it's related it's it's uh, related to what we're doing, but it runs independently. It uh, provides lots of information about um, you know visiting the Smokies, where to stay, what lots of books and trail guides and, and and explanations about what to do in your outdoor adventures in the Smokies. Um, and then the Metal Art Motel, we have a great site that also has a lot of interesting shopping. We just introduced a tin cup that's become very popular. And my wife sourced it and she came up with the idea. And it basically says on the, on the outside of the cup, you're drinking out of this tin coffee cup. And it says, uh, this might be moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> and people are loving that so i recommend uh, you go take it on our website and look at that we got some good t-shirts and things like that as well uh and we're going to be introducing a heritage club it's more focused on uh, regional and local people to be able to come on a regular basis we're going to be doing things like uh we're naming some of the rooms with you know when we're doing sort of museum quality you know installations in the rooms of pictures and history the first one's going to be the moon and they have legendary women in this smaller craft room, mountain crafts room. Uh, um, and uh, we're going to have openings of these rooms. That's going to have, you know, uh, a lot of discussions about the art and the history related. Uh, we're also going to be doing um, a series on mountain culture with books and authors that have written things about the mountains. So we look forward to uh, you coming and visiting us and listening to us to Gateway to the Smokies. Uh, and thank you all for being here and see you next week.
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc.